ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌ ಪುನಕ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವತೀತಮಸ್ತಮಾವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಪ್ರೇರಪ್ಪ So this concept it allows us to think of brahman god in all our actions whatever we are doing every action is converted into a yagna a worship that's what this topic is talking about yeah then you're thinking of god throughout the day and this topic all yagnas culminate in wisdom this topic explains how all yagna practices ends into wisdom as you gain knowledge of the self the result is that your vasanas are reduced you practice the three yogas karma yoga bhakti yoga jnana yoga you walk on the spiritual path then you attract a guru to teach the knowledge of the self where there is a demand the guru will appear and as you gain this knowledge the result is that it destroys your desires and agitations as you develop further on the spiritual path you come to the understanding that this world is unreal so practicing the 12 yagnas you gain wisdom what is wisdom what is wisdom why do you need wisdom any idea what is wisdom it says by practicing the 12 yagnas it leads you to wisdom any idea what is wisdom you need wisdom yeah sashi um is it gaining knowledge and then putting it into practice putting it into practice absolutely correct you may have knowledge but you may not be living it eat healthy do exercise every day you know that and that's knowledge for you but you're not practicing it even though you know it similarly spiritual path you may have the knowledge but are you practicing it only if you practice it then it's any benefit to you knowledge doesn't mean you have wisdom only when you have wisdom you live it yeah everyone okay so by doing the 12 yogas it leads you to wisdom so we're going to find out why how so we're going to start verse 31 any questions before we begin okay verse 31 yagnyasistam rata bujo yanti brahma sanatanam 
Nayam lokosya yajnyasya kutonya kurusatama yajnya sistamrtabujo yanti brahmasanatanam nayam lokosta yajnasya kutonya kurusatama Eaters of the nectar the remnant of sacrifice, go to the eternal Brahman. This world is not for the non-sacrificer. How then the other, O Purusatama? Eaters of the nectar, the remnant of sacrifice, go to the eternal Brahman. This world is not for the non-sacrificer. How then the other, Purusatama? So, do you want to read paragraph? Paragraph one and two. The next topic, contained in verses 31 and 37, shows how all yajnas culminate in wisdom. Krishna addresses Arjuna as Guru Sattama, meaning the best among the gurus. The gurus is the clan to which Arjuna belonged. In the preceding verse, Krishna stated that the knowers of the 12 yajnas practice them all through their lives. These yajnas mainly provide ingenious means to convert the routine activities of life into worship. Such practice, due to its constancy, generates peace and happiness within and delivers one to the eternal Brahman the supreme reality. The yajna performers instill the spirit of worship in each and every activity of life. Worship or prayer has to be a full-time awareness of eternal reality. We cannot confine it to a part-time rituals as most religious practitioners do. When you turn all your activities in this world into worship, you become peaceful and happy. Life becomes nectarine. As well as making your present life blissful, such sacrificial activities advance you along the path to self-realization. You reach the ultimate state of Brahman. Thank you. So those who perform the 12 yajna eat nectar and reach Brahman. What is this nectar? Everyone knows what nectar means? What is nectar? What does it mean in general terms? Shashi, you're smiling. What does nectar mean? What is nectar? You eat nectar. Any idea? What's nectar? What, what does nectar mean generally? Huh? Honey. Honey. Okay, yeah. Honey, that's true. Honey can be nectar. What else? Rewards or fruits of the action. Action, yeah. Rewards of the action. Rewards of the action. So generally what nectar means is the sweet part of the object that you're consuming, yeah? If it's something you're eating, it's the sweet part. You can say the nectar of a coconut is the liquid inside. The nectar of a mango is the soft fruit 
inside. The nectar of honey is the sweetness. Yeah? So this is nectar. We, we all enjoy it. We want it. We like it. Correct? So what would be the nectar of life? What would be the nectar of life? You all want nectar when it comes to eating something, the fruit, you want the best part. What is the nectar of life? What does everyone want in life? Happiness. Bliss. Huh? Bliss. Peace of Bliss. mind. Peace of mind. Peace and happiness. Bliss. Contentment. Contentment. It's everyone wants the same thing. Everybody wants that. Who wants agitations? Who wants unhappiness? Nobody. Everyone wants some sort of peace, happiness, calmness, satisfaction. Whatever your actions you perform in life, ultimately the goal is that you want it to give you peace and happiness. Different people go around about it different ways, but ultimately that's what they all want. So what this verse is saying is, those who perform yajna in life, those 12 yajnas, for example, that we covered, those who practice and perform those will become peaceful and are happy. They will enjoy their life. That is the nectarine of performing the 12 yajnas. You will eat nectarine. Also, you will develop on the spiritual path and you will ultimately reach the goal of self-realization. What more do you want? Anything more you want in life? Krishna declares that yajna practitioners, yajna practitioners will gain the highest in life. Here's the formula, giving it to you. That's why this knowledge is referred to as the secret of life. Not many people know it. They don't know how to get this nectarine, which is what you're learning. So it'd be a shame not just to keep it as knowledge and not turn it into wisdom, isn't it? Here you have the secret of life, how to get peace and happiness. What everyone is looking for. Everyone's looking for that. Here's the formula. Just practice this and you will attain it. And it's true though, the results are as it says in the verse, but you won't know until you practice it. What else do you want? What else do you want in life? Any questions? So this is the result of practicing the yajnas. You will eat, Nectarine, and you reach the state of Brahman, self-realization. This verse not only assures the Yajna practitioners of the greatest gain, but also deplores the state of non-practitioners. Those who do not practice these Yajnas, those who do not infuse the spirit of sacrifice in their daily activities will be at a loss in the world now, nor will they gain anything in the future. Such people live in vain. There you go. It goes further to say, if you don't do this, what will happen? 
Lord Krishna not only declares that yajna practitioners will gain the highest, but he also declares that those who do not practice these yajna, meaning a person who does not live life in the spirit of service and sacrifice, remembering the higher Brahman whilst living life, they will not get anything in the world. They live an unproductive life. They'll be at a loss. They won't be happy. They'll be constantly agitated, no matter who they are. Doesn't matter how rich they are, how famous they are, it doesn't matter. It's saying. Generally, people, they don't know where they came from, where they are going, what the purpose of life is. Those who are not aware of this, it's saying is wasting their life. What's the purpose of life then? You come, you grow up, you study, you get a good job, you try to get a partner, have kids, buy a big house, drive a big car, save money, you get old, disease, pop. That's it. Nipai, have I got it wrong? <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong. This is life, isn't it? Everyone's life is like that. So you're wasting your life. Life after life after life, this is all we're doing. How many lives we've been through? We don't know. This is what's going on. And it's irrelevant of your status in the world. Your prime minister, president, rich, poor, it doesn't matter. This is what everyone's going through. But the difference is if you understand the purpose of life, then you make your life more useful. You understand what the goal is and then you try to practice it. At least you're developing in some way. Otherwise, you're wasting your life. Makes your life meaningful. Working towards a goal. This is a philosophy, yeah? Understand this is a philosophy. But this practicing this philosophy gives you peace and happiness, then what difference does it make? So what they're saying is, when you live life, remember it is not what you hear, but what makes you hear. Not, not, it's not what you see, it's what makes you see. This is living life, practicing the 12 Yajna. And by doing this, it dissolves your ego. And it's your ego that's separating you from God. Do you know who I am? Yeah, you're Brahman. What? Brahman? What are you talking about? No, I'm so-and-so, so-and-so. <laughs> They'll be saying, why are you calling me Brahman? An ignorant person. Ego. So this is represented when you light a candle. Yeah. Anyone know what it represents when you light a candle? Light a candle in church or Devo, whatever. What, what does it represent when you light a candle? Any ideas? 
Deepa, what is your present? Did you say you can agree? Yeah. Re removing of the darkness. Removing of the darkness. Yeah. <coughs> what else? In the flame of knowledge, your vasanas melt away. Your ego gets dissolved. The wax is your ego. It gets dissolved. You become one with the self. Brahman, God. So the flame of knowledge is what you require. Only in that flame your ego will dissolve. The flame represents the knowledge of the self. Or the spirit, if it's in Christianity, knowledge of the spirit. Knowledge of Jesus Christ, Father in heaven. It's all knowledge. Any questions? And Lord Krishna calls Arjuna Kuru Satama. Kuru Satama is the clan Arjuna is from. So Krishna is saying, Arjuna, you are the best amongst your people. You're capable of doing this. He's appealing to Arjuna's heart because Arjuna is not able to think clearly. Come on, Arjuna, you can do this. Any questions? So what does practicing the yajnas give you? I want to see how many people are listening. I mean, what was the, what does practicing the yajnas give you? Wisdom. Wisdom, which leads to? Knowledge of the self. Knowledge of the self, which gives you? Peace. Peace, Peace happiness. happiness, all the witches you require. Peace and happiness is all the riches you require. No point in having millions in the bank and you agitate. You can't sleep at night. You can't eat properly. You can't function properly. What's the point of having all that? Everyone just wants to have a good night's sleep, have a good meal, and chill. <laughs> Isn't it? Any questions? So this is what you need to do. Okay, verse 32. Evam bahubita yagnya vitata brahmano mukhe karmajan vittitan sarvan evam nyatva vimokshyase evam bahubita yagnya vitata brahmano mukhe Karma jan vittitan sarvan evam nyadva vimokshyase. Thus, manifold sacrifices are spread out before Brahman. Know them all to be born of action. Thus, knowing you shall be liberated. Thus, manifold sacrifices are spread out before Brahman. Know them all to be born of action, thus knowing you shall be liberated. Ravi, can you read paragraph one, please? The 12 yajnas sacrifices enumerated in the preceding verses merely represent broad classifications under which all human activities fall. 
It does not purport to be an exhaustive list of human activities. Hence, this verse emphasizes that the entire range of activities is innumerable. All these manifold activities arise from Brahman, the supreme reality. Each one of them can be converted into worship, into yajna. Thank you. So you say Okay. Can you hear me, everyone? Yeah, sorry, that was my fault. <laughs> okay. I thought you had enough of me talking, so you've muted me. <laughs> the 12 yajna is saying are just the broad list that human activities fall into. It's not conclusive. This is what it's saying. The complete range of activities is countless. Thousands. But remember, all the countless activities arise from Brahman. And each one can be converted into a yajna, into worship. So you're not limited to those 12, it's saying. Anything and everything you do. All actions emerges from Brahman. What you do, what you don't do, it's irrelevant. See, it's like saying, it's like electricity saying to the bulb, when you light up, it is because of me, the electricity. What makes this computer function is electricity. What makes your laptop work is electricity. So his electricity is saying, I'm mentioning these 12 gadgets. He lists 12 gadgets, yeah? Laptop, mobile phone, TV. I'm mentioning these 12 gadgets that work with electricity, but there are thousands more gadgets that work because of me, electricity. You understand? The list is not exhaustive. So all these gadgets, whatever function they perform is because of electricity. So in other words, what we're saying is you don't have, you don't only have to confine to these 12 yajnas. All actions performed by you is because of, anyone, because of? Brahman. Everyone clear? You cannot function without that Atman, that spirit within you, that spark. That's your Duracell battery. It's like equivalent to your Duracell battery. Only difference is it, it, it has a very long life. So he's saying if you're able to understand the difference between the action and the cause of action, what's making you see and listen to me? The cause of action then this person will become free from vastness, become, will become self-realized. If you're able to understand the difference between the action and the cause of action, then this person will become free from vastness and reach self-realization. What is the cause of action? Ruby, what's the cause of action? What makes you act? 
your vastness, your desires. Material cell battery, Brahman. Yeah. So if you understand that is what makes you function, then you become free from vastness. In other words, who is an enlightened person is one who is able to understand the difference between electricity and its expressions in the gadgets. Do you know the difference between electricity and the gadgets? Yeah. Or a person who understands the role of Brahman from all expressions in life. He is a spiritual person. He's a godly person. He's on the spiritual path. He will reduce his vastness. He'll be peaceful, happy, and he'll reach the goal of life. That's what he's saying. See, it's so systematic it gives you. So scientific it gives you. And you know what? You don't have to believe any of it. But you owe it to yourself to practice it, to see. You can't just say, no, I don't believe it. Try it, practice it. Then if it doesn't work, then you can say it's a waste of time. This is what Lord Krishna is saying. So it's pointless believing in Lord Krishna if you're not going to follow his instructions. Having a murti in the house, photo of Lord Krishna. It's not inspiring, but his words, if you, if you practice them, it's that it's what's going to inspire you. Any questions? So. I don't know whether this is a relevant question or not. So I thought, so, so although Brahman is the life force that enables me to act, mm. I thought that my actions are propelled by my vastness. Mm. Yeah, so, so if we're thinking about an action, converting every action into worship, some of my actions are going to be impure. Yeah, they're not going to, like, for example, um, if I get agitated or I argue with somebody, that is an impure action that's come about because my vasana for anger is there. Okay, of one, a desire that's not fulfilled has caused me to get angry. Yeah, because if we're thinking about mm. what causes anger. So if, if I'm then angry and I act it out, then that action is not very pure. So then what happens with this ability or thing of converting it into worship? Because if, if we're thinking about Brahman enabling me to do everything, well, Brahman's enabled me to get angry. Mm. Yeah, and cause that fire within me, one can say. Mm. So I suppose my question is, then that is not a worship, is it? Because it's not a pure action. Anyone would like to uh, answer that? She's saying if she gets angry, it's not a pure action. How can you worship that? Because Brahman made you do it. Yeah, made yeah, Brahman enabled you to. Into worship, is yeah. it? Any idea? Any question? Anybody like to 
explain the situation to Sil? Yeah, I don't know, man. I guess from my understanding, Brahman is, Atman is like a silent witness. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really create or make us do anything. It's our vastness that make us do things. Yeah, absolutely. Hmm? Which is what is it, propelled by. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anybody else? So, Sil is saying that her vastness is propelling her actions. Who creates the vastness? Yeah. Damish. Everything and everything in this world is Brahman. So all comes from Brahman. We add to the desires, but the original desire is Brahman. Hmm. Cool. But you see, what we're saying is ultimately, yes. And we're talking from the ultimate perspective here. Everything is propelled by Brahman. Yeah, all actions are propelled by Brahman. Yeah. But let's say in a gadget, yeah, all actions are propelled by electricity. Yeah. But the difference is every gadget is different. It's still propelled by electricity, but in a heater, it'll heat. In a cooler, it will make cool. In a light, it will, if you put a red bulb, it'll grow red. Blue bulb will glow blue. Electricity is the same. But it's the quality of the gadget that you're plugging electricity into. Similarly, Brahman propels, allows you to act in the world. But the vastness is the difference in the quality of your actions. And those vastness are created by you. You can add or take away. Brahman says that's your free will. Yeah. If you're getting angry, that is your vastness. Okay. Now, wherever you oblate that to worship, or not, maybe you should, if you did oblate it to worship, your anger next time might be less. Yeah. The fact is that you're aware of it. Most people aren't aware. What do you mean? I'm not angry. How do you call me angry? And as they get angrier and angrier, yeah? <laughs> They're not aware of the anger. So, but sometimes you get angry because your vasanas are of that nature. But being aware of it afterwards helps a lot. I shouldn't have been angry. Why couldn't I control myself? Yeah. What makes me angry is Brahman. What makes me angry is Brahman. One minute, Dinesh. Brahman propels my anger, but it's my vasanas. My vasanas for anger. I need to try and control that. How can I control that? Let me oblate this anger to Brahman. Let me turn it into worship. Next time you get angry, okay, you've lost your temper. But you fought a Brahman in the process. At least that is not impure. Yeah, nothing is impure, by the way. Yeah. It's your vastness. An action is impure if it takes you away from Brahman. But you oblate the anger to Brahman. It's no longer taking you away from Brahman, is it? Everyone with me? Hmm? Yeah, Tamish. As you said before, it's turning that action 
and knowledge into wisdom. Into wisdom and worship. Yeah. So as long as you do the worship into wisdom, you're gaining. Yeah, absolutely. See, it says here, the entire range of activities in, is innumerable. Anger is part of that. In the 12 yagnyas, anger isn't mentioned in the 12 yagnyas. Yeah, but it says the whole range of human activities can be converted into worship. That's anger, everything. All these activities arise from Brahman, the supreme reality. Each one of them can be converted into worship, into a yagna. So whatever your action is, pure, impure, negative, positive, is because of Brahman. I was, a, I was became like this. I was able to do this. Positive or negative? We understand it's your vasanas. Vasanas also come from Brahman. Is that okay? Any clarifications on that? I need to better myself so I don't become angry. I will work on it. But for now, I understand my anger is due to Brahman. Without Brahman, I couldn't get angry. So whatever your actions converted to, look, whatever your actions are, they cannot be any, they, you cannot fruit, they can't materialize without Brahman. Cannot materialize without battery. Cannot, they, and no bulb can work without electricity. Any questions? Ravi, cargo two, please. The average person does not know the technique of converting his activities into worship. His body perceives and acts in the world, becoming involved in perceptions and actions. His mind entertains feelings for objects and beings and develops attachment to them. His intellect ponders over different thoughts and ideas and falls under their influence. Thus, he becomes bound and fettered by his own perceptions and actions, feelings and emotions, thoughts and ideas. The brilliant exp exposition of the 12 Yajnas explains how one can view these activities objectively as yagnas. In the actual ritual or fire worship known as yagna, the ahuti offering is oblated to the fire god. Similarly, one can treat each and every activity of life, whether a perception or action, emotion or thought, as an obli oblation Relations. to the Jesus. supreme reality by viewing it thus and surrendering all your activities to Brahma, you shall liberate yourself from your own self-inflicted bondage. There you go. Just what we explained previously. Normal person does not know this technique of yajna, converting all actions to worship. Because people who don't have this knowledge, they don't know. They identify with their body, mind and intellect, not the self. They have no understanding of Atman, Brahman. They think everything happens because of them. That they are the doer. 
I did this. I did that. You know who I am? You know what I'm capable of doing to you? They have no idea. They identify the body, mind, intellect, not the self. They think everything happens because of them, that they are the doer. Saying these people are affected. They're bound by the mind's emotions, perceptions, actions, thoughts. They're affected by everything that happens to them. They get involved with everything going on. Agitation. They live a life of misery. They are, they are elated when something good happens. They are dejected when something bad happens. This is what normal people, they may not show it. They're used to it. But a person who lives life practicing yajna, sacrifice, is liberated. They are unaffected. They are free, free from their vasanas. It's the vasanas which bind them to the unreal world. That's what practicing these yajnas, understanding what makes me function is Brahman, frees you, liberates you. That's why you become peace and happy, peaceful and happy. That's why. Because the opposite of peace and happiness is agitations. It's agitations that make you unhappy, mental agitations. So those who don't understand this, they don't practice this yajna, they live a life of misery. They're affected by everything that happens, basically. But those who practice, they reach the goal of life, self-realization. So there's an example given, one you've heard many a times, but it's given here, so we'll go through it. Ravi. An actor on a stage plays many roles, but his multifold activities on the stage can never bind him to what happens there because he identifies with his true person personality rather than the role he is playing. Yet he takes on these different roles for the sake of his real personality. Thus, he oblates every action to his real identity. Functioning in this manner, nothing that happens on the stage can ever bind the actor. Though on the stage he is liberated from it, similarly, he who functions with the constant remembrance of his Supreme Self and oblates all his actions to realization of the self shall find liberation from the world. It's a really good example of this. A person goes on stage, he goes through many actions, many activities, he plays many roles. He gets married, gets divorced, has children, loses children, gets rich, becomes poor. He may even murder someone. Is he or she affected by anything that goes on? 
Sylvan, is he, are they infected? Why not? Because he knows he's just acting it, it's not him. Exactly. All these activities are performed by the actor or actress, Laurence Olivier. If they get an award for their action, for their acting, who gets the award? Huh? Who gets the award? The person. The actor. The actor who's been acting gets the award. So a person who understands the actor from the action on the stage is free from all attachment. Free from all that's going on on the stage. You have to separate yourself. I am an actor playing this role. If you don't, you get involved. If you don't understand the difference between the two, you'll get involved and affected by everything that is going on on the stage. Lover on stage, Romeo loves the leading lady, Juliet. When the play is over, if he continues to love Juliet, what will happen? What will his wife do? Hey, give him a slap. You're not playing Romeo anymore. Hey, come on, let's go home. Show is over. That was while he was acting on the stage. He can't forget. So let's see if you can understand this. What are we saying here? Think deep. What are we saying here? Who's listening? Who's thinking? What are we saying here, Sashi? Uh, we are here in this life and we're taking on the role of the actor. So everything that happens here and now, we shouldn't let it affect us and we should remember who we truly are, which is Brahma. Sashi, excellent. You've been listening. That's exactly what Lord Krishna is saying. Don't let anything affect you. You are not this person. You're just acting. You're actually Brahman, God, playing this role. But you've forgotten. So this knowledge helps you remember. Jashnavin helps you remember who you really are. And you know what? Shakespeare said that as well. See, Shakespeare knew. It says, all the world is a stage and all men and women are mere players. They have their entrances and they have their exits. Same thing, what Shashi just said. Shakespeare said it. If you understand this, then you are an enlightened soul. If you don't, you become Romeo. <laughs> Affected. You're bound, attached. Anything that happens to you, you're affected because you've forgotten. You think you're this person, this mind, body, mind, intellect. Any questions? Any clarifications? So when you play your role, whatever role you're playing now, husband, housewife, father, mother, remember, this is a role you're playing. Don't be affected by it. 
You're actually Brahman. The 12 yagnyas, when you practice them, yagnyas, it reminds you every time, I'm Brahman. I'm not this angry person. I just became angry. I'm not that person. I'm Brahman. That's the, that's the role I'm playing, an angry person right now. <laughs> they tell me playing a happy person. That's in your hands. That's what it's saying. You decide what role you want to play. <laughs> yeah, is that clear? As soon as this class is finished, if you remember this, you'll be peaceful and happy, no matter what happens to you. Come on, hurry up, lunch is ready. Your husband will say, yeah, it's okay. I have to play the role of wife now. <laughs> yeah? Okay. We'll do verse 33. Shreyandravyamayad yajna jnana yajna parantapa sarvam karmakhilam partha jnane parishamapyate Shreyandravyamayad yajna jnana yajna parantapa Sarvam karma khilam partha jnane parisham apyate. The sacrifice of wisdom is superior to the sacrifice of wealth, O Parantapa. All actions without exception, O Partha, culminate in wisdom. So this is actually going over what we've covered. That's why I'm going to spend a few quick few minutes to cover this first. We've, it's something we've already covered. So, verse one, I mean, uh, paragraph one. Four types of jagnas, sacrifices, were enumerated in verse 28 with Dravya Yatna, sacrifice of wealth, Tapo Yatna, sacrifice of the body, Yoga Yatna, sacrifice of the subtle body, and Svatya Nana Yatna, sacrifice of self-knowledge. Here in this verse, Krishna pronounces Nana Yajna, referring to the last of the four Yajnas, as superior to Dravya Yajna. Therefore, these four Yajnas have been brilliantly conceived and established in ascending order of superiority in terms of service and sacrifice. So as discussed in the previous topic, four types of sacrifices they're given here in superiority, in order of superiority. Dravya yagna, we said, yagna of wealth. Yagna of wealth, dravya yagna, means giving a gift of material wealth. Tapo yagna, yagna of austerity, means sacrificing your physical body to help, giving your physical body, your time, your comfort to one that needs help. They're saying this is a subtler sacrifice than giving wealth. Yoga yagnya, yagnya of yoga, it is a greater sacrifice than wealth and physical service. Means helping someone emotionally, intellectually, you're giving your subtle body to them. You're offering your mind and intellect, your wisdom to help someone. This is higher than giving wealth or physical help. And the fourth one, Svadhyaya, Jnana Yagnya, 
Yajna of self-knowledge. The Lord says this yajna is the highest form of service and sacrifice any human being can do. Giving out knowledge of the self, giving out knowledge of Brahman. But you can only give out this service based on the level of knowledge you have gained. You have to gain it yourself to be able to give it out. To the portion, a portion that you've gained, that amount you can give out. You've gained 5% knowledge of the self, you can give out 5%. 10%, you give out 10%. That's the highest service you can do. Why is that? Why is that the highest service? Why is that the highest service? Yeah, Tamish? You're helping other people, the ignorant, become non-ignorant. So you yeah. off. Very good. You're helping others to develop spiritually, realization, realization of the self, realization of their true personality. As we said, most people don't understand, they don't know. No human being can perform any greater service than this. This is what this verse is saying. So you owe it to yourself to learn it for yourself. Help others to learn if they're receptive. You can't start telling someone about it unless they're receptive. Yeah, very, very important. They have to be receptive. Otherwise they'll think there's something wrong with you. Stop going to these classes. You're talking rubbish. Yeah, they have to be receptive. What have you been doing every Sunday morning you go to these classes? What, what are you studying? Studying knowledge of the self, Brahman. What is that? You start telling them a little bit. You are not this body, mind, intellect. You're the self, Brahman, the spirit. That sounds really interesting. I want to learn more. What is this? I've never heard of this before. Explain. Is receptive or partially receptive? What rubbish are you talking? You, you switch off. Okay. No, it's not important. Don't worry. Yeah, that's the difference. They 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 have a vasana, they don't have a vasana for it. It's not your it's not their fault. They have a vasana, they don't have a vasana. Yeah. So Japya Yatna means sacrifice to material wealth. Tapa Yatna signifies sacrifice of one's physical body. It includes rendering of actual physical service to another as well as sacrificing your physical needs for the sake of another's. In Tapoyatna, one obviously makes a sacrifice superior to the mere parting of material objects. Far superior to both material and physical gifts is the sharing of your emotions and thoughts, which comprise your subtle body. In yoga yajna, one gives away pure feelings and knowledge for the good of humanity. The quality of such service excels the other two forms of yajna. But when you give knowledge of self, you render to humanity the greatest of all conceivable services. Knowledge of self provides a person with infinite wisdom and the bliss of realization. 
you can render this service only to the extent you have personally gained knowledge of self. You gain it through your own self-study, contemplation and meditation. This service is therefore called Nana Yajna, the Yajna of knowledge. Next, Krishna observes that all actions culminate in wisdom. The two channels of Yajna described in verses 26, 27 and 28 establish this truth. The first channel of Yajna traces the receipt of stimuli by the senses and the reaction with the stimuli by the mind and intellect. Krishna concludes this line of thought with the yoga of self-control, kindled by wisdom. This yoga refers to union with the self, the ultimate knowledge of the self. This second channel of yajna from verse 28 deals with the responses to stimuli. He enumerates the four yajnas in the order of superiority, culminating in jnana yajna, the yajna of self-knowledge. Therefore, all actions, whether internal or external, culminate in the knowledge of self in wisdom. That explains the reason for entitling this chapter as the yoga of renunciation of action in wisdom. Thank you. The yoga of renunciation of action in wisdom. So the practice of renouncing all your actions in wisdom, the wisdom being, I'm not this body, mind, intellect, I'm Brahman, I'm God. Everything is ablated to that. I'm not Romeo, I'm Laurence Olivier. If you understand that, you're practicing. Get me Any questions? That was sort of a, like a conclusion to it, everything we've covered so far. It is very systematic, this knowledge, scientific. So we're going to stop there. Let's, if there's any questions, clarifications. So you need to uh, learn these verses or study these verses so then you can start practicing it. You have the knowledge now, but as Lord Krishna says, you have to convert it to wisdom. Only when it's wisdom, you will practice it. So you have to convert the knowledge to wisdom by studying it, contemplating on it, thinking about it practicing it, then you will develop. Otherwise, you come class after class, it's just knowledge. Hence, it is renunciation of action in wisdom. Action has to be converted to wisdom. Great. That's it for today. Now, don't forget who you are, yeah? Next role you play. Huh? Slevin, remember who you are, yeah? Good. Okay, everyone. Have a lovely day.